All right, welcome back to another edition of Tailgate Season presented by the Cold Cans Network. I am Logan, sitting here with Jordan, and once again, we're bringing him back. It's Cold Can contributor, Kenshin. Uh, be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and check out the website, coldcansnetwork.com, for blog content and merch. All right, Kenshin, you're back. We're going to talk a little college football this week. We're, we told the, the listeners the last uh, last episode, over the next few weeks, we're going to be getting back into college football, doing some preview stuff. We're going to do some in-depth schedule, uh, uh, take a look at everybody's schedule in the ACC. And obviously with this show, it's a focus on the triangle. But uh, this week, we're going to kind of look at the ACC in more general terms. Um, I know that one thing that I'm probably happy about, Kenshin's probably happy about, but Jordan over here is probably not, is that this upcoming season is the very first year since expansion that we are going to be divisionless. No more Atlantic, no more Coastal. It's just the, the two best teams play for the championship as it should have been done in the first place. The way it always should be. I mean, I'm I'm so glad that the divisions are gone. I'm just going to say. It's it's glad to see that the two best teams at the end of the season are going to be facing off in Charlotte record-wise. It's not going to be one of the best teams out of the Atlantic and then the sixth best team in the conference out of the Coastal because yeah. they went through the, they, they won a couple of games against Virginia and Georgia Tech and got to the got to win the division by default. No more 11 and 1 Clemson playing a 7 and 5 pit. Never again. Hey, how's that wrong? Come on, man. Can't help it. Just benefiting from the way it is. <laughs> the rotation in the in the coastal. It was just so mediocre that everyone got a turn. Yeah. It's um I I'm obviously it benefited my team a little more with uh the divisions. But if I'm speaking as what's fair is fair. Yeah. Um I'm not gonna say I mean I don't I don't see Carolina really uh, going to the ACC championship this year. Um, they got two tough teams to go through. But um, I do I do enjoy the fact that now it's just kind of, you know, we can't do this bullshit talk anymore of, oh, it's the division. No, it's just top two, like it always should be, I think. I mean, I, I like the divisions, but I still agree with Kenshin. Um, any conference championship should just be two best teams, and that should be the end of it. I think baseball should do away with divisions if we were going to MLB and just fuck just throw everybody in there and the top, however many teams get in. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the divisions have long been a point of complaint for most of the teams in the Atlantic, not named Clemson or Florida state, because there have been years that there would have been uh, two or three Atlantic teams in contention going into the last weekend or two of the regular season that could have played for an ACC championship but because of an October loss to Clemson or a September, late September loss to Florida State, you were out of it. Nowadays, that's all gone. It's a thing of the past. It's just like the, you guys just said, two best teams but via the record play for the championship in Charlotte. I did look at the schedule leading up to this and then for future shows as well. And pretty much the the way that they've set up the schedule this year is it's a it's kind of an even split for pretty much everybody. Everybody's 
pretty much playing four games against former coastal opponents if you're in the Atlantic or it's kind of it's four or five games against inner intercoastal or Atlantic. Uh, and then there's a few outliers like Louisville is playing six games against former coastal opponents. Virginia Tech is playing six games against former Atlantic opponents. And then Carolina and Virginia are playing three games against Atlantic opponents. So it, it's, I mean, that's probably just going to be how it's going to be for for a couple of years until, because I think, is it, isn't it pods or something like this that they uh, they got everybody split up where you have you to have, play these You have three permanent partners. You have three permanent partners, and the other ones are on, yeah. I believe, a two-year rotation. Yeah. So you get to at least see, because like Duke and State would play, what, what once every, every year. six years or eight years? Oh, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now they're playing every year, which is good. So, so it's just it's better than what it than it was. I agree. I but while, I will say you know, that it is kind of fun. It, like in a way though, like uh, the it it, it is going to be kind of sad not playing Wake Forest every year just because of how long the series has been. But not that upset about it. The I do like the the current format because, like you were saying, it's three permanent partners now, and then the rest of them are all on rotations. Uh, for NC State, you know, you've got Carolina and Duke and Clemson. Uh, Clemson and State have actually a pretty long history of, of a football rivalry. Um, hasn't been very competitive in the last 20 years, but they, the, the history is there. So I reckon that's why um, that was kind of the one that got put together as opposed to State and Wake Forest. But I do like being able to play Duke every year now as opposed to, I think we played them. The COVID year notwithstanding, we played them, I think, my freshman year of college. I'm 29 now. It's, it's good that the, the two schools, other than Duke and Carolina being so close, that Duke and State haven't played each other in a while. So it would be good to ramp up that football rivalry again. Uh, yeah, so I, I didn't even realize the fact that Duke and State hadn't um, played each other. Uh, other than you know, we talked about twenty twenty, but that was that's kind of weird to me. Being how that's an in-state rivalry, um, mm-hmm. obviously it's good for the state um, when they can play each other like that. And so I didn't understand that, and that's really kind of shocking to me because you would think all the state, all the in-state teams would play each other. Um, I know we're not in the same division as as Wake Forest or weren't, but we had um, played them recently and kind of continuously. Um, play state, play at Duke. Obviously, they're in our. Uh, we're in the coastal, um, so it just it's good to have those North Carolina teams play each other again. Um, I'm glad that's back, um, and so I look forward to seeing those games like that. Well, especially to to Carolina and Wake Forest credit, they scheduled an out of conference game in the years mm-hmm. that they weren't on the conference schedule. You're right, you're right. That was proposed for NC State and Duke as well. Uh, our AD, their AD were on board. Dave Doran was on board. Cutcliffe was the one who who vetoed it. He didn't want to do it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the reason he didn't want to do it is because, you know, we saw the last four to five years of Cutcliffe era. <laughs> he knew it, he'd rather go play Army or Northwestern. So, I mean, or NC Central. He didn't want to play NC State because that was likely a loss uh, for one of the four wins they needed for bowl eligibility. 
he knew he was getting fired soon, so that's why he didn't need any more ills on his resume. Pretty much, which is unfortunate because I would have very much supported a out of conference matchup between Duke and NC State. Yeah, that was really strange how it didn't affect us. Uh, you're right. Cause I remember thinking this is really strange that this is not a uh, conference game. It's technically a non-conference game because of the way yeah. the schedule was. I thought that was very strange, but I'm, I'm glad they at least played each other. And you know, we talk about it. Obviously, you got to worry about your wins and losses, and you could schedule some tough teams and have that problem. But let's go back to the fan standpoint again. Being selfish, you still want to see those teams play. And, you know, whatever happens just happens. Um, <laughs> more than likely, y'all would have beat Duke more times than Duke would have beat you. More than likely. Yeah. And, you know, this year, I'm excited for this series to be revived because this year, you know, my older brother, Duke fan, right, We're we've been talking about going to the State-Duke game at Wallace Wade this year. And I like going over to Wallace Wade. It's, it's not a crazy atmosphere or anything, but they have damn good food on the concourse. And it's a it's an it's been improved a lot since I was a kid when we used to have season tickets. So I mean the the stadium is actually kind of nice now. Uh, it's an enjoyable afternoon if, even if it is a little bit quiet. Yeah, that's, the only bad. Th- oh, sorry, sorry, sorry to jump on. You good? You good? The only bad thing is Wallace Wade doesn't uh, sell beer in the stadium. That's the that's going to be the only bad thing about going to that game. <laughs> well, I'll just get some Brunswick stew instead. <laughs> wow, I didn't even know they had that. Oh, they have actually really good food at Wallace Wade. They have like food trucks and everything that line the concourse. They they have like barbecue plates and Brunswick stew. It's it's actually uh, something they don't hype up enough for their game day experience because they have some of the best food selection in the in the conference. Well, damn, why am I? Um... <laughs> Why do I even go for the football game? I'll just come to the state Duke game just for the food. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I could give a shit who wins that game. You'll have a pick of where you want to sit and uh, <laughs> be able to eat some good food and just sit back and then leisurely watch an afternoon of college football. <laughs> I believe UNC is on a bye week that week. I have to double check. <laughs> Wolfpack Jordan traveling Durham. <laughs> I wouldn't be wearing any type of red or dark blue. I promise you that. Just just remember, I didn't say that, Jordan. I didn't say that. This is like episode two of my four episode punishment that yeah. I can't call you that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> it's a bet off. But I, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Y'all, we're starting this back. And so it's kind of getting me really excited. Like, you know, we're talking about, oh, here comes this in August, it's football back. Well, you know, it's like, oh, that's far away. Not really. It, it doesn't, it seems like it's forever away. But man, after us starting this show off with this and what we're going to get into in the future shows um, here coming up about the schedules, I'm so ready for football to be back, man. Just a nice Saturday afternoon, sitting there drinking cold beer, maybe throwing some bets around, watching games literally all day. It starts with game day at 10 o'clock. I can't think of a better way to spend a Saturday afternoon, in my opinion. That's why I love the fall. College football, I think, is is my favorite sport uh, out there. And it's not even really close. Because, like, I, I follow college basketball. I like college basketball. But Kyle is not wrong when he says it's kind of a one-month sport. College football, 
just means more because it's it all year long. Like nobody gives a flying shit about NC State versus Alcorn State in November. But you lose to a I bad do. team early in, in the conference uh, year. Say, like, you play Georgia Tech and they suck and you lose. That's a pretty big blemish on your record in football. Let's not say nobody cares about college basketball because out of the three of us here, I think I am the biggest college basketball fan in this group, and we'll watch State and Alcorn State play each other and probably have it on the radio, to be honest with you, playing while I'm watching the game itself. But this is all about college football right now. And I, I love, may or may I not be watching – I may or may not be watching college football highlights and and uh, and replay of games all last year the past, like, three days. On yeah, YouTube. I don't do that. I'll be honest. I don't do that. <laughs> and if, may the, or may game, not be if the game isn't visible for me to see i won't watch it i won't listen to it on the radio when they're playing Wright state and alcorn state on the hardwood <clears throat> i'll just be like oh yeah i guess i'll figure out who wins when it's over no nah, i will you're missing out yeah you, now there's a look i, I love sports but there there's a lot of things i can do with my time besides sit by the radio and listen to us win by 25 against a directional school And but you do have a great voice on your radio show. You do. I mean, I'll give you a compliment there. Um, if he's back and not suspended, <laughs> I think but, he's back. But he does have a great voice, and I don't mind. I don't know. I, but Carolina Jones Angel is not Woody Durham to me, so it's kind of tough for me. No. After listening to Woody call it for so many years, it's kind of tough for me to go back. But I do, Kenshin. I I will say I don't really do it on football. But for basketball, I will cut that on over to the commentators, depending on the commentators. Um, you know, I don't want to get into some of mine, but if I have to listen to Dick Vitale all game, I can't do that anymore. I used to, but I've had enough of that. Um, I have an appreciation for Dickie V because of what he's meant to the game and his over oh, the course has? of his career. But I'm not going to say that he's my favorite announcer currently. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sandbag the guy either. And I'm probably gonna this this I, I don't even know if I should say this. I, I don't like listening to Doris Burke either. I mean, if she calls any games, I think she does mostly NBA now, but I would I will not. I I will refute, put it on mute and listen before I listen to um Doris Burke or back when Billy Packer did it. Yeah, that was another one. <laughs> On mute. Oh, I can't stand most oh. most of the C list announcer. I don't like Billy Packer either. But now, I, the, what's funny is I didn't love I didn't love Billy Packer. <clears throat> I obviously wasn't a Woody Durham guy, but I love Mark Packer and and West Durham. They're two right. of my favorites out there. Y- y'all are just shitting on a dead man. Just remember oh, this. Oh, wow. Mark Packer. Wow. Mark Packer. May he rest in peace. You well, Billy. Mark, Mark Packer still alive. I mean, excuse me, Billy Packer. Yeah, I didn't mean to kill Bill, uh, Mark. If we're I got gonna, mixed up there. If we're going to throw shade, let's at least get the man's name right. That's I've always bad. been respectful. I've always been respectful to Billy because of what he meant to the ACC. But he wasn't my favorite announcer. R.I.P. to the legend. 
Sorry, I'm rattled because of our incident with the with the stream beforehand. So I'm not off my game at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive into so a little bit of the ACC this year. So we got it's going to be a uh, a lot of talented quarterbacks back again. Uh, well, it seems like we've talked about that the last few years, but so that kind of leads into ACC Player of the Year picks. Uh, Kenton, you're the guest. I'll let you go first. Who are the guys to watch that you have in the Atlantic Coast Conference this year? Oh, man. When, as, as soon as you told me to pick an ACC Player of the Year, I decided to just pick five. And, uh, and I don't know if I need to rank them, but I will point out that in my research that we haven't had a defensive player win uh, ACC Player of the Year in football since 2001, E.J. Henderson from Maryland won it. He was a linebacker. So I like Jared Verse out of the defensive end out of Florida State. He was an All-American last year. He was All-ACC first team last year as well. He's coming back this year. I think he's going to be the, the spearhead on that defense, no pun intended. Uh, he's just a, he puts up great stats, and he – came alive in the bowl game probably because he was thinking about going to the NFL. So he wanted to get scout tape up a little bit, but he's back this year. So he's one, but I don't, like I said, they haven't been a defensive player in over 20 years when the, when the ACC player of the year. So I don't think it's him, but it's very heavy quarterback. So I think the four best quarterbacks in the conference right now, obviously Drake may he's the reigning ACC uh, player of the year last year. He's going to be the one to get the most hype from everybody. I'll go to Jordan Travis out of Florida State. He's also another good one. He's going to be playing a good game this year. Florida State's a very underrated team that last year, they won 10 games last year. I didn't even realize that they won 10 games last year, and they're returning a good amount of that team. So they're going to be really good. So I think Jordan Travis is going to continue to be good. And then – Riley Leonard, I really like what I saw with him, so I'm going to put him on my player of the year list. And then I wouldn't lie and say that I'm being completely biased with this one, but Brennan Armstrong. If Brennan Armstrong shows like he did back in 2001 with I mean, 2021 with Robert and I as offensive coordinator in Virginia, State could probably make some noise in the ACC. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I agree with you on uh, Armstrong. I'm not saying he's a player of the year candidate, but I'm agreeing with you on the fact of it's it, it was it was a very good pickup out of the transfer portal for state. Um, I felt like it was a very low risk, high reward type thing there. It was kind of, you know, you needed a quarterback. You, you kind of didn't know what you had there. Um, and I <laughs> Once again, it seems like it comes down to this for state every year, but it's going to go like the quarterback goes every year. Um, if Armstrong gives you what you need, you're going to be sitting there eight, nine wins, ten wins. If you go to if if he doesn't, you're looking at six, seven wins because of your defense being that good. That's just my honest opinion on what we got state coming up with that quarterback. Now. Um, no, I will say I disagree with that strictly because I think the guy behind him might be better. But uh, I do think that they could win 10 games if Armstrong is back to 2021 Armstrong. Okay. 
Yeah, well, that's what I'm basing it off of, of him coming back there. Like, yeah. he has to go back to what he was at Virginia before this collapse last year. Um, But I have uh, my player of the year candidates, or I, I feel like they're kind of very chalky, to use a term. Uh, obviously, I'm going to have Drake Bay there. He was there last year, returning it. I don't know if he really wins it this year. Um, I think he's got a better offensive coordinator, and he's got – we lost downs. So you lose some production and obviously stuff like that. But um, you can kind of replace – you can't replace him, but I think you can fill in the gaps a little bit with him. So I think he's going to be fine. Um, I really like Will Shipley. Um, I could see him, um, you know, sneaking up and winning that as a player of the year candidate. Um, that guy's a stud, Clemson. Um, in in fact, one of probably the best running back in the ACC. One of them, uh, the Pitt guy that just let didn't he graduate? So I think he's yeah by far. I think he's by far, um, the best running back in the ACC now. Um, Jordan Travis obviously, um. Still won't get out of the fact that he had state money line through that pick in the end zone. Um, so maybe <laughs> maybe I will not bet Florida State against state ever again because we know who Jordan Travis pulls for there. Um, I'm not going to put him as a player of the year candidate, but somebody I want to watch, Cade Club- Clubman. I think he's going to – I think he did pretty well. I'm just I'm just anxious to see what he did. I'm not gonna say I'm not putting him up there to play of the year because that's just like handing out, here you go, you get player of the year, you get player of the year. But I think that um I think it's handing gonna be out player of the year is like Carolina does jerseys in the round. Yeah, here we go. The Deberry saying I knew that was coming. Um and that's kind of <laughs> it for me. I, I like like Kenshin said, it's pretty much all quarterback um except for Will Shipley. That's the only other guy I think out of quarterback. That can win player of the year. So Logan, let me get your take and tell me why I'm wrong. Well, I, I'm I'm gonna have a chalk filled episode here. I, I think it's a two man race. It's Drake May and then Jordan Travis. I think Drake May is the head and shoulders probably leader of the pack. Um then Jordan Travis could be the guy that unseats him. Jordan Travis just a talented all around quarterback. And like Kenshin said, they quietly won 10 games last year. I think Florida State is set up to be very, very good this year. I think that Drake May could put up ridiculous numbers and they win eight games. So I think that if it comes down to a seven, eight win Carolina team with ridiculous number video game numbers from Drake May or Jordan Travis with roughly as good of numbers, but they win 10 games, 11 games, it's going to probably go to Jordan Travis. But I coming into the year, I think Drake May has got to be the, the, the top dog. I'm anxious to see what happens oh, with. Uh, are you good? I'm anxious to see what happens with um, the offensive line. You know, obviously that was a big problem for Carolina last year. Um, I'm anxious to see what happens with that because I don't. He doesn't have. He had one massive weapon last year. The the go to guy doesn't have that this year. Now he does have talent around him, but he's not. It's not Josh Down talent. One guy is not him. So I think that it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think the play calling is going to be 
um, a little more amped up for him and be more of a something he's into. But we'll see what happens with that. I'm anxious to see what happens with the offense of Carolina. Yeah, I can see that. I think that, you know, both the the Carolina play column will be better, but that offense was still good last year. Right. Like everybody, Carolina fans have been, you know, boo-hoo, boo-hoo about last year's offense. They put up points at will most of the year. Um, so I, I think that it will help him. But like you said, it we're, it is going to be interesting to see how how effective he's going to be without Josh Allen as a safety valve. And under a new offensive coordinator as well. New but system. I think with a talent, yeah, with a with a with the talent that Drake May's got, I mean, you could probably put either one of us as his offensive coordinator and he'll make us look really, really good just because of how he just changes the game. And really they got kind of a favorable schedule. I mean, they only go to Pitt week four. They go to Georgia Tech and then at Clemson and that at NC State to end the season. So that's kind of a gauntlet there at the end. So, I mean, it's really not that that, everything else is either at home or in Charlotte. For those that don't know what Kenton is uh, referencing with at Georgia Tech, it's not that Georgia Tech's supposed to be good. It's just that I don't think Carolina's beaten them since 1998. (laughs) It's been a while. It's been a while. That is our that is our kryptonite in any form or fashion. Uh, it's kind of like my Indianapolis Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2016. So, yeah, there's that. So, that you know, this just betting facts, betting facts that you need to keep in your head. You have a money line, Georgia Tech, Carolina, Georgia Tech, throw a little bit on it. Same thing if you want to go NFL, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, always Jacksonville, at Jacksonville, always. Doesn't matter what happens. Death, yeah. Texas, and that happening. It's true. And with Georgia Tech and UNC so far, it didn't matter where it was at. Exactly. There was, it was crazy that Georgia Tech won that game last year with the third string quarterback. It's almost like if Jordan's in Keenan Stadium at this point. I went 0 for 4 last year <laughs> and didn't buy season tickets this year because of that. I said, you know what? Fine. I'll sit my ass at home, Carolina. You win. You win. I'll sit at home. Jordan, so in other words, undefeated season, Carolina. Here we come. Oh no, yeah. they should. They, I mean, what was that tweet we saw today? They that they are likely to be favored in eleven of twelve games. Yeah, yeah. Well, their win total right now, over under, it's eight and a half. So, not a bad one. Even though the under is the favorite by like, I think it's minus one forty. I got it written here on my sheet. Well, you're losing yeah. Clemson. Minus there's that. All right, well, that leads us into in general because uh, we're going to have more on this with win totals and schedules in the ensuing weeks. But in general, let's talk about our ACC favorites, our ACC dark horse, and who we think is going to be the worst team. Let's start with the chalk. Who's going to be the favorite this year? Kenton? I mean, plain and simple, it's Florida State because, like I said, they, they're returning a good amount of guys on offense and on defense. Clemson, because it, they're Clemson. They still have old Dabo, man in the man in the program down there. And I think Klubnik is he he showed potential there at the end of the season. And it's just it, DJ DJU was not the guy, and that was very evident midway through last year. So 
they're gonna they're gonna put a lot into club name. So I think they'll be they'll be up there and uh let's see who else. And Carolina. Carolina, I think th- those are gonna be the top three teams. Uh Drake May, of course, is we like we've talked. I don't want this to turn into a Drake May love fest. So I'm just gonna just please just say that those are those <laughs> those are the three teams I think are gonna be the top teams in the in the yeah, conference. Carolina this year. just might have the the year this year that they were supposed to have last year. Okay. Yeah, I can all see right. that. All right, bozos. I know what you guys are doing on this damn show. I know what all of you are doing here. So you know what? Mac uh, is back, Jordan. What can I say? Hey, Kitchen, are you done with your list so I can go ahead and get the bad real quickly? The- yeah, go, go ahead. Those are the only three I have is the top teams. All right, my top team is the NC State Wolfpack. They're coming back, baby. Okay, you let's know. be real here. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, I figured, you know, since y'all threw shade about, maybe I'll throw them out there. Um, I knew what y'all were doing, reverse jinx. Uh, but you have a favorable schedule. We do, we do. I, 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 I do like her. We had to play that um, fake ass Carolina first game. They're going to be uh, pretty good. Well, they're fake-ass Carolina, so it doesn't matter. But we never beat them in Charlotte. So that's another one. Week one or week zero, or whatever it is. Take South Carolina. Um, week one. I, uh, I think that, honestly, I'm going. I'm ranking one through three. So I'm going to go. Um, Kenton, I was going to agree with you. And then I was like, you know what? There's a saying, and it's, you know, Logan likes it. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And you know who the man is? Clemson. So I'm going Clemson one, Florida State two. And then I I don't, I don't really want to put Carolina up there. Um, But honestly, I could see it happening. Like we said, schedule wise. The t- you have the quarterback now. If we don't have to put up forty points a game, then yeah, you can have win the game. But when the defense is so freaking terrible, but we lost Drake uh, Dre Bly, so Logan, there you go. Maybe that'll help out the whole secondary problem. Uh, can't get worse. <laughs> no, you can't get worse than allowing like forty points a game. So I, <laughs> if that comes together, sure. I, I'm not going to say that Carolina can't be the third best in the ACC. I could see it actually happen as an unbiased opinion. So, Logan, let's hear yours. I, I mean, it's going to be more of the same. If Clemson is, until unseated, they are the king of the ACC. I do think this is a year the Florida State could do it. Right. I think Florida State has a more proven commodity at quarterback. I think Cade Klubnick could be good. He also could be very, like, uh, mediocre. Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, kind of like hot or cold. I don't think he's going to come in and tear it up. But we'll, like you said, Will Shipley is legit at the running back position, so that should take some pressure off the young QB. But Florida State's going to be good this year. I just, I really do think they are. Jordan Travis is a stud. That uh, they've got a lot of talent, a lot of athleticism, and it looks like they finally got a head coach and knows how to put it together. Um, and then I, I do think, unfortunately, probably Carolina will be third best team in the ACC with um, you know, the ball bounces their way as it tends to usually do in the right spot, they could be playing for an ACC championship. The, uh, so for uh, Florida State, the thing is with them is they obviously have the proven leader. They have Jordan Travis there. Um, like Kenshin mentioned earlier when we were talking about player of the year candidate, 
they have the defense, I think, to do to keep up with Clemson. Um, especially when you have a young quarterback like Cade Klubnik. It's very um it's very difficult in this uh in this league to do to come in game after game as a young quarterback um against some of these things as a young quarterback who has all this pressure on him because you're at Clemson. We saw what happened with DJU when he didn't perform. He got benched for a freshman. Well, they have others, I'm sure, that are sitting in the wings waiting to have happen at Clemson. So if he doesn't perform, here we go again. It's another carousel until we find the next one. That's the blessing with Clemson is that you have these guys that are just better than most out there, and you can just rotate them in there. And hopefully one sticks. Just It's like throwing uh, those like putty at the wall, just seeing what sticks. It's about all you got to do. All right, so let's go into worst team in the ACC. Who you got, Jordan? So I'm probably going to get a lot of grief with this. Maybe not. But I, I really think it's going to – well, I don't think I'm going to get a lot of grief with it. I think it's Virginia. Um, I think it could be, you know, either of the Virginia schools, in my opinion. You go either way with them. Um, I think what you're losing from Virginia when you lost Armstrong – he was arguably your best quarterback, 2021, terrible year last year. But he's he's gone, so now you got to do that. you got to deal with the offensive line. I know they're young, so maybe they have more expense this year. But that offensive line was abysmal last year. So I don't see it getting – I guess it's like Carolina's defense. It can't get much worse. But um, I don't see that making a drastic jump. And Virginia Tech is just like – I don't know. They've been on the roads for years. And I think Georgia Tech's better than them. And I think BC's better than them. Um, and so that's why I have them to you could interchange them as the worst teams in the ACC. Kenny. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you with Virginia. So looking at their schedule, and we can deep dive into it more when when we get to it in a further episode, but this is their non-conference schedule. They start out at Tennessee, then you got a home game against Jane Madison and Maryland back-to-back. So you're potentially starting off the season 0-3, and then your first conference game is Brennan Armstrong returning to Charlottesville. So that's a that's a tough four-game stretch, in my opinion, uh, to start the season. And if you start 0-4, it's just a downward spiral from there. I will kind of disagree a little bit with Virginia Tech. I, I do think they're not going to be great, but I don't think they're going to be bad. I think they're about one year away from being pretty good. I do, I do kind of believe in Brent Pry a little bit. Uh, let's see. Who else? Uh, I, oh, oh, how, how could I forget? Wake Forest. That, that in Virginia and Wake Forest, they're going to be my two teams. That's going to be at the bottom of the barrel. You're going to see the system quarterback in, in Mitch Griffiths He's gonna he's gonna look good on paper, but he's lost all his receivers that Sam Hartman had, and he's gonna put up like 400 yards a game. But Sam Hartman's gonna be at Notre Dame, and he's gonna be throwing picks all all Saturday long, and everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, why did Sam, Sam Hartman should have should have stuck around Wake Forest because he's a system quarterback?" And people are gonna find out this year. Also, we're not really big fans of Dave Clawson, so. So I, I I I wouldn't say I pray on their downfall, but you know, 
wouldn't hurt my feelings if they they lost a lot of games this year. I would get lots of enjoyment if Wake Forest just flat out sucks. I'm not even going to say it would even hurt my feelings. I will I will be giddy as a kid on Christmas morning if Wake Forest loses a lot of games. But I don't think they're going to be that bad. <laughs> my worst team, I, I think it could be Virginia, but I think it's Virginia Tech. I, I think that Brent Pry has the direction going in the – has it going in the right direction? But I think he's a, a year or two away from being bowl eligible. I don't think they're going to be a year or two away from being uh, pretty good. I think that they're going to be bad this year. I think it's going to be a have to break everything down just to build it back up kind of situation. Fuentes was a terrible hire, <laughs> and he inherited a mess. Virginia Tech fans need to understand that the good old days ain't ever coming back. It's a different era in college football. You're never going to be consistently top 10 going to orange bowls, uh, winning the big East, winning the ACC, like you once did. You had a good run kiddo. You had a good run, but it ain't, it ain't coming back to Beamer ball and being 10 win top contenders every single year anymore. You can get back to having a few good years and being back in the conversation here and there, but the days of old will not return for the Virginia Tech Hokies. And I think this year is going to be as uh clever Lang said in Rocky three pain. For Hokie Nation. <laughs> As uh, the, the great Rick Pitino once said, Frank Beamer is not walking through that door. Shane Beamer is definitely not walking through that door. <laughs> Accurate. I, I do like Brent Prado. I think that he's going to be a, a good coach for them. And he's going to get the ship right it, but it just ain't going to be this season. They just uh, need to learn to have some patience. So let's – Let's go in. Let's just reflect a little bit on last year. So we had, when we did our stuff, we had Georgia Tech as the worst team last year. I mean, that what we kind of determined last year was pretty much. I believe so. Yeah. Um, Do you think they get bowl eligible this year? I just want to get your opinion on that. Kenny, can you look up and see who their, what their OOC is? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting up now. All right, so Georgia Tech is South Carolina State at Ole Miss, uh, home against Bowling Green, and Georgia to end the season, and it's at home. <laughs> oh, God. Oof. No, God. <laughs> so so that, that means they would need four conference wins. I, I don't see it. Yeah, yeah, two One and two. <laughs> so they need three conference wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, three conference. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll deep dive later because I got everything highlighted here. But it's a it's you're not playing Florida State. You're not playing Clemson. Oh, never mind. You do play Clemson at Clemson too. So yeah, that's an L. Um, so you're not playing Florida State at least. So not a not a too terrible of a schedule. Road. There is a lot of tough road games. Looking at this, you're going to Clemson, you're going to Miami, you're going to Old Miss. Ooh. At this point, we might as well yeah. do the schedule. <laughs> yeah. I just I'm just previewing and what I have. So yeah, yeah it's gonna be I, tough I, for them to get the ball. If I would say yeah, I, I I don't they might, you know, sneak up and win a couple conference games, but I I think they're on the outside looking in on a bowl game this year. Yeah. Say the line's five and a half, I'm taking the under. Oh, 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 oh. I can tell you what it is right now. 
You can get George Tech four and a half wins over under. The under is the favorite at minus one forty. I could see them getting to five. Oh, by the way, all these lines are all these lines are provided by DraftKings. By the way, uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm going to go on record saying I see them getting bowled. I don't know why. I don't I don't really hate Georgia Tech, and I should as much as they're throwing in my side, but. For some reason, maybe it's just the yellow jacket, you know, thing from high school. I don't know. <laughs> but um I I could see them getting bowl eligible. But we'll get to uh en- enough with the enough with the worst teams. Let's we go to the get, dark horse. Let's get to the dark horse. Everybody loves the old sleeper pick, the one that somebody sneaks up out of nowhere and goes everywhere. And uh, yeah, I figured that was coming from you, Logan, for some reason. And so now I'm going to change my pick just so I don't agree with you. Uh, Logan, since you already have it up, let's go ahead and get your pick. Just like I said last year, but this year I mean it. The Louisville Cardinals. <laughs> just Horse like pick. I said last year. I'm going back again. Going this back year, to I mean the well. I'm buying into I'm buying stock in the Louisville Cardinals this year. They have a favorable schedule. They did well in the transfer portal, and they got Jeff Brom as a new head coach. They're going to have that kind of excitement around the program. The players are going to be all jazzed up. Uh, it, you know, you see it. You saw it with Mike Elko last year in the Blue Devils. You know, I think they're going to have a sophomore slump this year, but they won nine games last year in year one. I think you see something similar with Louisville this year. They're a uh, dark horse. They're my number one dark horse. And I'm going to throw a super dark horse out there that's predicated on, and that's not to win the conference, but to be in the conversation. That is actually the NC State Wolfpack. Um, the defense is good again. The defense could conceivably be as good as it was last year, if not take just a slight step back. But Robert and I has come in as the OC, uh, an air raid style offense. It, you're not going to see Wisconsin, Nebraska, mid nineties, uh, offense run by the Wolfpack this year. <clears throat> so if though we, we can have some playmakers on the outside and Brandon Armstrong is he's reconnecting with his, his, OC he had when he threw 4,000 yards. He has a good year. NC State's defense holds serve as we expect it to. NC State could be a team that maybe isn't finishing in the top two, but can keep somebody else from finishing in the top two. Probably finish in the top three to five in the conference. That's fair. That's fair. I, I'm going to save myself for last on this one. So, Penny, Penny Brackets, I don't know what we're going to call you in Penny Football. Uh, for this, but. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll have to come up with a football related nickname because Kenny Brackett's only lives in uh, the middle March. of March to uh, the end of April. So uh, we'll, we'll come up with something in football here soon. Uh, so, yeah, Logan took mine with Louisville. I mean, that was pretty much a given. You don't play Florida State, you don't play Clemson, you don't play Carolina, you know, top three teams, like we said. I mean, that's. That's pretty easy. They got a favorable non-conference schedule. The only one that really jumps out is at uh, uh, at Indiana, and really, that's not that part of a. It's their, just their, their first toughest game, game might be September twenty ninth. Yeah, yeah, coming when to, they come to Raleigh. Coming to Raleigh, yeah, that yeah. that that's going to be kind of tough. Um, so so yeah, Louisville, and I really like. Is it Jack? Is it Jack? It's not Jake Plummer. It's Jack Plummer, right? The quarterback think, from Cal. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's Jack yeah. Plummer. Jake Plummer so, for, uh, Purdue. was Denver yeah. years ago. Yeah. Jake Purdue. the Snake Plummer. Is it his dad? <laughs> That'd be kind of cool if it was his dad. I don't know. Um, it's probably not. 
But um, so I, I really like his, his tangibles. And I think, like you said, they, they've been really killing it in the portal this past year. And, and Prom has done really well in the Big Ten. So, so I, I, I could see. Look, I, I would. It's like I said on Twitter earlier today. I would not be surprised at all if if Louisville's in Charlotte in December playing an ACC championship game. They find themselves in there. I'm going to go though with the BC Eagles as a dark horse team. <laughs> you do oh, play. How much is Halfley's troops uh, paying you to say this? <laughs> <laughs> My boy Halfley's troops may or may not have influenced this a little bit. But the research that I've done, they've improved a lot on the offensive line. They returned a lot of guys and they got a couple guys from the transfer portal. You're you're out of the the top three teams that we've said in the ACC, you're only playing Florida State week three, and that's the red bandana game. So anything can happen in the red bandana game. I didn't know I, that was I Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's ho- hopefully if we get half his troops on here in a couple of weeks, he can talk about the red bandana game because it's, it's a really fun, fun thing and good atmosphere that night. Apparently, um. So yeah, I, I just kind of like. I, I think they'll be they'll probably be middle of the road. That you don't have Phil the Jerk Dracovic anymore, but he's I, at Pitt. I can't remember the quarterback. Yeah, he's at Pitt now. So. I just really kind of just think that they're going to be like that one team that's going to be like seven and five, six and six. And you're going to be like, how the hell is Boston College this good? So I think them and Boston College and Louisville, they're, they're my two dark horses. I'm a, so I think we're all in agreement that it's Louisville. So I'm just not going to have them as one of us by dark horse because I agree with you. I think Louisville is going to be up there. I'm not going to put them as my dark horse, and I'm just going to get total contrarian here. I think Georgia Tech. No, no, no. I'm not that crazy. I said we said dark horse. We didn't say miracle. Um, I think it's going to be the Duke Blue Devils. Is one. I really do. I think that you know you're coming off a nine win season. You're not losing a whole lot. Um, you know, did they ever achieve? Uh, yes, but could I see the hey, seven wins? They they were a uh, screw job call away from beating Carolina last year and winning ten games. Uh, I don't I, I don't agree with that, but um, or maybe if defense would have just showed up, um, but I I think they're one to watch out for because I could see them getting up there in the top five of the ACC and it's like what the hell is going on here? Why is Duke football good? Um, I also think, and I don't even know if you could call them a dark horse, but I think that Wake Forest is going to be up there again. I know you don't like it, but oh, I hate that pick. I I really think that they are going to be better than you think they are because of what they have offensively, weapons, not the quarterback as much because you lost Hartman, and if it's truly a system quarterback. Then he'll step in with no problem. If it, if it's truly the system, we'll see what happens with him. Um, I also now they're they're one that's going to have to score forty points a game because their defense is pretty abysmal. Um, but I, I got one more. I don't even know if this is. I mean, at this point, I might as well just say the whole ACC is a dark horse. Um, <laughs> I, I think Pitt's going to be better than expected. Also. 
I think Pitt's going to go over their win total, whatever it may be. I don't care what it is. I still think that Pitt's going to go over because they lost their running back, sure. But they they got the guy from BC, and I know that you know he was he could have been an issue there. But I think in the right spot, Pitt's defense is pretty decent. I think they can sneak up and do a certain amount of damage in the ACC, like their team did in basketball this year when we counted them out with Capel. Um, but so those are, I guess, technically, if you want to count, I guess four. But um, if you count Louisville, but those are my contrarian picks for your dog horse. There, none that none of y'all picked. So I can see jumping on the Syracuse bandwagon. It seems. No, I'm not jumping on. <laughs> I won't. I was just pointing that out, but uh, we hadn't talked about them. We pretty much talked about everybody but them. Yeah, I don't. Want yeah, I could. I could see Wake Forest being top half of the conference. I. I, I don't. I think it's going to be relevant. like you says relevant. I think it could be it. They have to score a lot of points. But see, Kenjin, you're kind of conf- being contrarian with yourself because if it's truly a system quarterback, then it's just plug and play, and they're just going to put up 50 points again with Mitch Griffiths. He's going to be the next Sam Hartman. I mean, I know, but like I said, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just praying on on Dave Clawson's downfall. So yeah, I just. It's gonna happen. I need. I really need everybody to see the system quarterback thing happen. Because if it doesn't, then I'm just gonna have to get on this on this podcast and eat crow for an episode. I, <laughs> I, I'm totally, I totally, I'm going to record saying I totally think you're wrong about Sam Hartman. Not saying yeah. he's gonna make it to pro level, but I really think you're totally wrong about Sam Hartman. And I think oh, yeah, dude. well wearing the Golden Dome, dude. If he if he throws for like 500 yards and like. You know, seven touchdowns first game in the season. I'll take back what I said about. Uh, oh, you don't want a lot. I'll take back. Up. I'll take back. I will. I will spend a whole episode eating something, something equivalent of a crow. Uh, I, I will. I will do that for the pie. You um, <laughs> you just want him to put up the my player in the NCAA football fourteen stats. No big deal. That's all you want in game one of him. No problem. I- I would prefer about five interceptions and like <laughs> twenty-two yards. That's that's what I really want. Well, you could have looked as bad as me and Logan picking uh, Brennan Armstrong as being a quarterback Heisman-looking dark horse thing last year, or the uh, one of the best offensive players in the ACC last year, and look what he did. Or or I, Devin Leary against a Heisman competition. Yeah. Well, I warned against. Even though I picked him, I warned against uh, Armstrong strictly because of his offensive line. I'm hoping that the new system and the, off- the pro style system and the offensive line were the his issue, because you're you're throwing him back into his comfort zone with a solid offensive line and the pass blocking. Our, see, our offensive line wasn't great last year in run blocking, but we were solid as you can be in pass blocking. And the fact that this this new offensive system isn't new to him. You know, it bugs well for hopefully what his results will be this year. Yeah, that's right. Have to wait and see. Yep, we'll find out. But, well, that's, uh, like I said, we were going to just talk a little bit of general 
ACC football this week. We're going to have some more in-depth. Like we said, we're going to go with some the over-under win totals for each of the ACC teams, go through the schedules, things like that in the ensuing weeks. Um, be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And click the link in the description of this podcast where it says click here to leave us a voicemail. If you have any questions or comments about your team, did we disrespect you? Did we? Who did we overlook? Uh, hit us there. You can hit us at, at ColeCansPick'em, at ColeCansSports on Twitter. And uh, at, what is it, Kenshin one and only? At Kenshin one and only, the number one. There you Don't go. Don't ever forget it. Uh, <laughs> guys, we really want to hear, like, so we're getting ready to go into the schedule. So for the listeners, we're getting ready to go through our schedules of what we're going to go through, who, what wins, what losses, what's going on. And we might do a couple. Um, an episode, it just depends on what we got um, on the slate. But if you guys would be very much helpful as going and leaving us a voicemail of who you want us to start with, or if we haven't done it that week, you can give us somebody that you want to do or um, any, anything you want us to talk about, any questions with what we have. We're, I like to think our opinions are great, but um, other people might not. Uh, but if you would like to get our opinions on certain matters, that's fine. But we really would appreciate if you could give us a starting point. So if you want to say, hey, why don't you guys start with this? Or next week, um, I'd like to hear about my team schedule. So if you have any of that, please leave us a voicemail in the link. And make sure to get us on here because we've only had one uh, voice memo guy. And he called me a dog hater, which is not a false statement. Fair. Um, maybe it's just my, not my dog. My fiance's dog. Maybe it's just her dog it's, that I hate. It's his dog. No, it's not my dog. We were on the golf trip, and I was. It was about Wednesday or Thursday, and I was talking about how I was missing my dog because I hadn't seen her in a few days. And then another guy said he was missing his dog. And then Jordan says I'm really mean about his dog, but he called it my, my dog. dog. And I, I looked at Jordan and said, "That's a big step. You finally said it was your dog." No, I guess we're. Uh, I mean, at this point, are we going to just start saying, uh, "Not my whatever"? I disagree with. <laughs> um, I, I guess we can do that. And there's certain things in this country I don't agree with. So maybe it's just not my and fill in the blank if we're going to go that point. But um, anyway, please leave us a voice memo. Let us know what you got. Be the second one. Just don't call me a dog hater. But if you want to, I'm not going to really disagree because I am a dog hater. So there's that. That's just a shame. But check out the website, cocansnetwork.com. Black content and merch. Uh, we'll have some more SEC football coming in the next few weeks. Uh, presented by the Cold Cans Network, this is Tailgate Season, Tailgate SCN. I am Logan's in here with Jordan and uh, Kenny Football. We'll see you next time.